the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Good morning, everybody. Four minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. We're going to be here till 12. We're talking about car, car repair issues. What should I do about this? What should I spend money for a rebuilt engine or a new engine? And if I buy a rebuilt from where? And if I buy a new from where? Or my shop says that I need to come in and see him for an oil change on my new car every 3,000 miles. Do you want to comment on that? Those are the kinds of things that we do take care of here. 602-508-0960. We've talked about, talked about Larry Harker's Auto and um, numerous times, but they're at 38th Avenue and Indian School. Bob and Ellen, they're really good at what they do. So if you live in that area, they're, and they have great diagnosticians, guys that they take it personal. It's they're not going to let the car win. (laughs) Now, when that happens, I can vouch for this. When that happens, they may have taken four and a half hours to find it, but we're going to bill you (laughs) 3.2 because four and a half is just a a hard number to swallow when your labor rate might be 120 an hour. So those are the kinds of things that happen behind the scenes where the owner or the owner's wife will just change the labor a little bit because maybe he could have done a little faster or whatever but it's embarrassing to have a labor bill of six hundred dollars to find it unless of course it's a dollar to fix it that would be different (laughs) so larry harker's auto west side covers the west side does a good job at that let's go to the phones and let's start with harry good morning mark hey good morning harry how are you pretty good pretty good Hey, I heard you talking about uh, one of your previous callers about a 45,000-mile transmission uh, oil service. And I got kind of a similar deal with a Honda. I have a 2015 Honda, and it calls for a 30,000-mile spark plug changes interval for a 2015 um, Honda Pilot. Yeah. I don't know. I I uh, I I'd, I'd want to know what kind of spark plugs that that's in there because if it's if it's comparable to the old Champion spark plugs, then right, yes, right, they yeah. they had a ten fifteen thousand. But if it's a platinum or a double platinum or if it's a uh, you know super duper deluxe that costs fifteen twenty dollars a piece, then um, I I I would um, you know Harry, you just take one out and look at it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just take one out and look well, at thought, it. And... Yeah. I thought I'd take a look in the uh, again in the manual and see because usually a lot of times they'll say what the number of the plug is and you know the you know what the, what they kind of recommend or whoever. Harry, get on the internet one. and just go to Rock Auto and yeah. then punch in your car and then say spark plugs and it'll bring up just about every brand of spark plug and it'll and you'll be able to tell the level of superiority and the level of quality by the price. 
almost always you'll do that by the price. So if you punch in your Honda and it comes back with a spark plug that's between fifteen and twenty dollars a piece, those are hundred K spark uh, plugs, uh, as uh, far yeah. as I'm concerned. Okay. Yeah. Another question I have too is it calls for because I know the Hondas uh, they're kind of still a little bit old school. A lot of their engines they have solid lifters, so it's calling for a a um, uh, adjust the valves at uh, thirty thousand. It doesn't. Okay. It doesn't every thirty, but it, uh, at a third at the first thirty thousand market because mine only has like twenty nine thousand. Anyway, okay. So. Well, here's my yeah. answer to that. It's real simple. If the valves are too loose, there's a clatter, and if the valves are too tight, right. there's a backfire. That's all there is to it. If you don't have any clatter right. and you don't have any backfire, I don't want to adjust your valve. That's all there is to it. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's good. Good policy on that. Yeah. All, All right. right. Sounds good. Okay. Oh, you have a good holiday. Thank you. Thank you, Harry. Thank you very much. Mike, you're up. How can I help you? Hey, I've got a 2005 Nissan uh, two-wheel drive, four-liter pickup, Frontier pickup, and okay. I've got a code PO420, which I believe, according to being told, is the right front catalytic converter. Okay. I replaced the catalytic converter. Um, I bought one online. My mistake, I bought a very inexpensive one, probably the most inexpensive one, and after five months, that check engine light is on again. So I'm, I think I'm just going to go to the dealer and, and get a probably close to $1,000 catalytic converter and put that in. I'm hoping that will cure my problem. That's a huge mistake. I mean, I, it, you, 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 um, and then now, please stick. I, I, no one knows who Mike is. Okay. Nobody knows who Mike is. We don't even know who you are, but, but the, this whole thing is you did, you broke all the rules. The code doesn't mean replace the catalytic converter. The code uh-huh. says I got a problem with its performance. If you have a, an injector that's leaking fuel and then the engine's running rich, then the catalytic converter's going to have a tough time doing its job. And the O2 sensor is going to tell on it. The O2 sensor tells the computer, hey, I'm getting readings at this cat that I don't want, I don't like. And so the computer keeps looking and looking and looking, and it goes, okay, we got a cat code. Well, yeah, we do have a cat code, but we got a leaking injector on the front side of the motor that's causing the problem. We've got somebody who hadn't changed, not, not you, but sometimes we have somebody who hasn't changed the oil in 100,000 miles, and the oil is just gasoline with oil in it. So we have all the vacuum leaks. A vacuum line comes off. It causes a lean condition. The lean condition sets a code, and it's a cat code. So um, you, you, could, you could do whatever you want. But I think what I would do, you can't go to the three-whiskered kid at the auto parts store, and he's going to read the code and sell you something that goes with that code, like a cat or a set of spark plugs or wires or whatever, because 50% of the time it's not that. We have all kinds of codes that are just stranger than strange, and they have nothing to do with the name of the code. So we have sure. throttle position sensors. And TPS sensor will come up, and it says, you know, TPS sensor screaming. Okay, you look at the TPS sensor, and the shaft on the main portion of the throttle body is all worn out. Well, the TPS is seeing all these different numbers that would determine whether it's an idle or wide open throttle. And the TPS is going, I don't know. And the computer is going, I don't know. I've never seen these numbers before. So it sets a code. 
So some guy will put on three or four TPSs. Then he'll call me and say, well, should I go to the dealer because theirs is better? And I say no because the dealer's is the same as what you probably already bought anyway. And so you have all these moving parts. So my advice, which is what you ask for, is find a shop, yeah. have them diagnose the problem, and see what happens. You know how easy it is for us to test a cat? I mean, we we have the equipment, we have the knowledge, we have everything. But the first thing we're going to want to do is we're going to want to go in and look to see if the O2 sensor is still alive. Because the only sure. way the computer knows there's a cat code is from an O2 sensor. So we so, create um, a lean condition, and we want to see a 1. And we, we create a rich condition, and we want to see a 5. But you don't uh-huh. have that ability, and neither does the three-whiskered kid at the auto parts store, to look at the numbers, and nobody understands the numbers except guys like me uh, and, you know, shops Got like it. mine. So, so have it correctly diagnosed, and then I'll go from there. Yeah, you're, you're going to be so much money ahead. There's so much in the front that can make a cat go have symptoms. We can run lean, a vacuum leak, an EGR valve that's uh, that's half open, a vacuum line that's fallen off, the EGR valve that's got a diaphragm leak. All of that causes a lean condition, a rich condition, a fuel pressure regulators leaking gas, the injectors dripping gas, or we have a plugged up air filter which screws up the air to fuel mixture because instead of being 14 to 1, 14 parts air, 1 part gas, now we got 8 to 1 because we're restricting the flow. We've We've replaced air filters for O2 sensor codes. So, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I'm saying uh, when you take it to a shop, we're going to plug into your car, and we have something in our hand that might be worth $10,000, and it gives us numbers, but you not to know what the number says. So, sure. for instance, everything on a car, for, for round numbers here, everything on a car is 1 through 5. 1 is low, 5 is high. Okay? Just remember that. One is low, five is high. So we look at your O2 sensor, and the O2 sensor is in the middle. It's three. Oh, that's where I want it. That's exactly where I want it. Then you look at the post-cat O2 sensor, the one on the tail end, and we want it at one, and it's three. We go, okay, we're not processing here. We're going, Whatever's going in is coming out the same. That's a cat code. That, now we've come to that conclusion because we've looked at two, the sensor's two readings. But we got fuel coming in the front and coming out the back clean, then there should not be a code there because the computer or the catalytic converter is doing what it's supposed to, and that's con- to eliminate raw fuel coming out of the tailpipe. Um, do you have a shop that you like, or would you like me to rec- recommend one geographically? Okay. Kurtz is right by me. Oh, Kurtz can't t- fix that. You're going to have to go someplace else, but that's okay. Just <laughs> tell him I said that. <laughs> um, it, it, you, you know, if if this t- turns out, how many miles are on your car? 175. Okay. Do you ever smell rotten eggs? Nope. Okay. That's the converter having a tough time. Those are the gas before they die. <laughs> And and rotten eggs is also a rich condition. We got something up front that's trying, and the and the catalytic converter is incapable of processing all the fuel that's coming through it. So it finally just gets soaked in gasoline, doesn't light on fire. It's kind of like your you know your briquettes when you're when you're doing your steaks, you just put in like two inches of of a fire starter and then you light it on fire. That's what a catalytic converter feels like when it's drowning in gasoline from a create from a problem created upstream. But the whole idea of the catalytic converter is consume any fuel that comes out of the engine that's left over, and so what we put back in the tailpipe is clean air, and that's that's what it is. But Kurtz is a great guy for is that. There, 
Is there an average life to a catalytic converter? Well, and I listened carefully, and so I have you one more question. Have you have you noticed a loss in power any time in the last None. six months? None at all. Okay. All right, we're done. <laughs> because if the catalytic converter is, is, is going to die, it almost always melts itself internally, which causes a back pressure problem, which the customer says, well, I just don't have the power I had anymore. And there's some wheezing noises underneath my car. So when I give it gas, it sounds like a vacuum cleaner. And that's the wheezing noise. Well, you didn't say anything about that. So I, I think the proof in the pudding will be let's just diagnose the problem and, and rather than um, have you spend a whole bunch of money guessing. Well, I really appreciate your help. Okay. All right. Good luck, Mike. Good luck. And you know what? I'm going to go past the break because I've got Uncle Buck. Uncle Buck, I've got time for you. Before my break, what corn do you do for you? Having an 06 Cadillac XLR with the North Star V8. And I have an intermittent check engine light that comes on. As soon as the check engine light comes on, I do get a noticeable engine miss. And then it clears up, runs smooth as a baby's fanny, power, everything else. Light stays illuminated. And I go to my favorite West Side Cadillac dealer to get the code red and it's a misfire however they don't know where it's misfiring rather and that's the term that's used as a misfire and me being a smart guy that used to fly jet airplanes is that a misfire at the um coil pack spark plug wire spark plug itself but they can't diagnose the problem they clear the code tap me on my bald head and send me on my way um, without uh, repairing the car. And I don't like parts thrown at the car because it has 79,000 miles on it. What's the code? It's What's the code? Misfire. Okay. Misfire where? It does it. The, the, the computer on the 06 doesn't give them an area it all all it says all they're told is there's a misfire okay how many miles are on it how many miles are on it 179 no 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 70 under a hundred thousand it's seventy nine thousand seventy nine thousand and do you ever smell anything when that thing comes on do you smell rotten eggs or anything okay and does it does it do it cold hot intermittently or no rhyme or reason Usually no rhyme or reason, but normally it's at normal operating temperature when the car's been running for a bit. At least, you know, I'm going to say it does it within. Okay. Uh, okay. Usually okay. Somewhere after I, three. I'm, I'm running late. Um, I, it's just a kind of a yes or a no. Um, so you don't smell anything, and, and, and you can feel it when it happens. But yep. when you get there, all we have is this misfire code that's in real general, but it doesn't attach it to a particular cylinder. So, all right, stay right there. We'll be back, and i got to take a break. We'll be back right after this. Hello, I'm Greg May, owner of Phoenix Body Works. For 35 years, we've been demonstrating our workmanship, our honesty, our integrity, and our exceptional customer service. We are blessed to have so many repeat customers who refer their friends and family. We have ethical, loyal technicians who have been with us for years. They are ICAR certified, which means they are up to date on the latest technology, 
and techniques, so your repairs meet or exceed industry standards. Our technicians are truly part of our family. We are very capable of fixing your car. We pull off damaged parts. We pull your frame and body mounts back to where they should be. Then we install the new parts. We align both the front and rear end. Then your car is back to the way it was when new. Our customers come from all over the valley. I'm Greg May. Remember, it's your vehicle. You pick the shop, not the insurance company. Phoenix Body Works, we want to be your collision repair specialist. Call us, 623-582-1434, Monday through Friday, 9 to noon on Saturday. Words and music. For the last year, the Federal Reserve has told us inflation is, in a word, transitory. But the Fed can't fight the music of inflation. It's what happens when we print trillions of dollars. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I've built the number one precious metals firm in the country by adding massive value. And Advantage Gold wants to earn your business by doing that for you right now. My best-selling gold inflation index report retails for $500. I want to email it to all serious investors with retirement accounts for free. No salespeople, no rigmarole, no gimmicks. Simply text the letters G-I-I to 49776. I'll email you my best-selling gold inflation report right now. Text G-I-I to 49776. That's G-I-I to 49776. Let Advantage Gold add massive value, and then we'll ask for your business. Text G-I-I to 49776. Welcome back, everybody. 21 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. Let me tell you real quick about Automatic Transmission Exchange. Phil and Fred Flintstone are two guys that were born in the same decade. (laughs) And Phil has been around transmission since 1968. He really is smart, and he has... He understands the fundamentals of shifting a transmission from 1 to 2 to 3 to 4 and overdrive and lock up and, and so forth. But we've changed that, and we've changed it from vacuum to electricity, and now we have sensors, and that's why it's important. If you have a transmission problem, I would suggest that you call Automatic Transmission Exchange and ask them about it first. They've been around a long time. They're on 40th Street in Washington, Automatic Transmission Exchange, and they've been around since 1968, and that's kind of cool. Let's go back to Uncle Buck. Um, Has the spark plugs ever been changed on your North Star? Has not. Okay. Um, Does it make any difference if it's a rainy day versus a dry day, or does the misfire code... Um, is it okay for a week at a time and then comes back with vengeance two or three times in a row? It, it usually, once they clear it, it's cleared for 30 to 90 days. Okay. Well, you, you, you probably have coilover ignition. I don't think you have a set of wires on this, do you? I don't think it does. Okay. I haven't seen it with that. All right. With the plastic cap that's covered the top of the manifold, I can't see anything. Okay. Um, you know, uh, if these are the original spark plugs, all we have to do is pull one and look at it, and we can tell pretty quick. If these are the original spark plugs, there's two things. This is me talking on the front counter. I can't guarantee we're going to fix anything. It's an intermittent problem, and your software or your car can't communicate with our very sophisticated software because it didn't gather the misfire area. So if you want, six, you got 79,000 miles on it. It's been around the world three times. And so let's go ahead and change the spark plugs. And while we change the spark plugs, we're going to pull them out one at a time. We're going to lay them down, and we're going to compare them. And if we find a cracked porcelain, we're going to go, there it is right there. 
or if we find a misfire because the end of it looks different than all the other ones, there's the misfire there. At the same time, we're going to put new plugs in and we're going to use some dielectric grease inside the boot of whatever the, whether it's a wire or if it's a coil sitting on top of the spark plug. We're going to use a little dielectric grease which waterproofs that connection, but it also dielectric it helps the the electrical connection stay there for a long time. So, we're really if you have a misfire and it comes and goes, almost always it has to do with the spark plug or the coil to, to the spark plug you know, message, which is the wire or the coil boot. Now, the boot sits down over the spark plug, and sometimes the boot will have a hole in it, and, and the spark will jump to the side of where the spark plug is positioned. And usually a customer might hear that sometimes because he'll hear a snapping noise in his garage with his hood open. And sometimes if he just stands there for a few minutes, he'll hear that snapping noise. It's irregular, but it sounds like a spark. So I think if you, if you wanted to try it, I think you have an 80% chance of fixing it with a fresh set of spark plugs, checking out the boots, a little dielectric grease inside the boot, snap them all back together. And I think now this next step is that if this is in fact a, an intermittent misfire, you better hope and pray it ain't mechanical that we don't have a valve dancing around in a seat or that we don't have some kind of an intake leak where intermittently depending on the temperature of the engine we're sucking air causing a misfire because the computer can see that that cylinder didn't contribute but it doesn't know that it's it's the right amount of fuel but it's an abundance amount of air where we want a 14 to 1 ratio one part fuel or 14 yeah one part fuel and 14 parts air well that balance isn't something we can see on a car your your of your age so my advice would be based on if you want to guess i think mine talk to your your service drive guy but i think most everybody will agree that let's do the spark plugs a little dielectric put everything back together and let's inspect the boots when we take the spark plugs out and let's inspect the spark plugs can we see the misfire? And about 50% of the time we can see it. We'll actually say, here, look at this. This is number three and this is number six. Look at the difference. You see that little carbon line right there? That's your misfire. So that's kind of how it works. Uncle Buck, thanks very much for calling. Um, gosh, that was, that's a tough one. And, and, and keep in mind, his Cadillac was an 06. Today, we have much more sophisticated software that will give us more information. But in 06, it was like Fred Flintstone, and today we're way past Bill Gates with uh, Microsoft Windows and stuff like that. So we, we have a lot more, but again, it's still information, and the code just means the computer says it's in this circuit, and that circuit's going to have four, five, or six different components or problems that can cause that code. So just because you get an O2 sensor code doesn't mean it's an O2 sensor. And let, me, let me explain real quick. The O2 sensor simply has a 1 through 5 value. 1 is lean, otherwise the O2 sensor goes, Hey computer, I'm not seeing a lot of fuel in this exhaust. And 5 means, holy mackerel, it's raining gasoline. So those are the extremes. We want in the middle, 2.5, somewhere around in there. So to test an O2 sensor, we hook up our equipment, and then we create a lean condition. We add air to the engine. Maybe we pull the PCV valve line off of it and give it some fresh air. We need to see that O2 sensor go to 1. But if it doesn't, and we do it again and again, and it doesn't go to 1, then we go, okay, it's not responding. So we put a new one in, and it, poof, it goes to 1 immediately when it should be at 2.5 or 3. 
So then we make it run rich. So we add fuel to the air intake. We make the engine run with more fuel than it normally does, and all of a sudden, it goes to five. And we go, that's what we wanted to see. So we create a lean condition, a whole bunch of air, a little bit of fuel, and we want to see a one. We create a rich condition where we have a lot of fuel and a little bit of air, and we better see a five. In simplistic ways, that's how it works. Obviously, I'm using numbers to help with on radio, but in reality, we're looking at the, we're looking at some, some very sophisticated numbers on the O2 sensor. But basically, that's the same thought process. One is, and typically, when you get a return signal from some electronic component, the low number is lean and the high number is rich. Typically, however, there's a Chrysler or two out there <laughs> that Chrysler switched that number, and Sometimes that creates a problem in its of itself. 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. We have open lines available. We have five. Gil's the one that answers the, the phone. So if you call 602-508-0960, Gil answers the phone. He says, KKNT, would you like to talk to Mark? And you say yes. And he says, what's your name? And you say, and he says, okay. He'll say, you're first in queue, you're second in queue, you're third in queue, or something like that. So Gil's the engineer that makes the show really as good as it is. Because if it were up to me, we'd be struggling for a lot of different things. So if you like the show, it's Gil's fault. <laughs> and if you like the show, it's Gil's doing, I should say. It's not his fault. It's his doing. If the show really turns really bad like stinky socks, it's always my fault. So just as long as we make that clear. 602-508-0960. I've been at KKNT. I was 10 years on the 5th of this month. November 5th, 10 years ago, was my first show on KKNT. Um, we've had a great relationship. Um, I think that they've called me once or twice with the leading question that starts off with, did you really say on the radio, <laughs> and then fill in the blank. And and I'm still here, so obviously my, my apology or my explanation was satisfactory, but it is the best radio station I've ever worked for, and it, and, it, and that 10 years shows it. I've worked for five, but by far KKNT is the best. It has the best management and the best team. So if I'm good, then they make me look better. Did you know Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons Tom and Paul operate Rain Tree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Bench. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Raintree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Raintree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating. Raintree Auto Repair provides free estimates and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasseric paint and it's waterborne paint so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com. There's always a moment of truth where... I say, look, it's either put up or shut up. And it was time to put up. I had crossed that thin line. It was 100 plus degrees. We were hot. We were on fire. We were yelling our hearts out. You could feel the intensity rising. Even in our tiredness, even in our weakness, even in our pain, we continued to push. 
I told myself, you can suck up the pain for another mile and a half, and you will be a Marine. Not many people believe that I could do it. I don't know where I got the energy from. I don't know where the pain went to. But all I know is that I had what it took. I am a United States Marine. PFC Darrell Willis serves his country as a Marine. Will you? Visit Marines.com or call 1-800-MARINES. The few, the proud, the Marines. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. The following message is brought to you by Goodwill and the Ad Council. The inherent right to work is one of the elemental privileges of a free people. Endowed, as our nation is, with abundant physical resources, and inspired as it should be with the high purpose to make those resources and opportunities available for the enjoyment of all, we approach this problem of re-employment with the real hope of finding a better answer than we have now. Your stuff can be more powerful than you think. Your stuff can be a resource for change. Donate to Goodwill, where your donations help fund job placement and training for people in your community. Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at goodwill.org. We're going to go straight to the callers right after this. Strictly Diesel Service and Repair. Nate is one of the best diesel guys I've ever met in my life. I really admire him for one thing that sometimes I struggle with, and that is he can talk to somebody on the phone, and if they answer the questions truthfully, he can get pretty close to the diagnosis. That's kind of scary, but he's really good. And keep in mind, he's got three kinds of diesel he's worked on, Ford, Chevy, and Dodge. So if you've got a diesel problem and nobody else can fix it, then Strictly Diesel Service and Repair should be the next place you go. Henry, how are you, and how can I help you? Wow, what timing. Listen to that. Oh, are you flushing the toilet? I just... (laughs) What timing, my prison wife. Anyway, two questions. Okay. First one, I've got a motorcycle with a stuck front caliper, so... I was riding it and I felt the drag and I figured well, I can get to the shop before anything goes bad. And then I'm riding along, all of a sudden it just releases. So did the piston heat up and was freed and able to move back into the caliper from the heat that I generated off the rotor? No, because you, you would have you would have had to have got that really, really, really hot where you could smell the brakes in order to cause that kind of a problem. 
Um, to be perfectly honest with you, uh, I, I probably wouldn't do anything. If, if you wanted to, take the caliper off, take the reservoir cover off, and surround it with, with rags. You're going to take your C-clamp and just push the piston in gently to the bottom with a C-clamp. Now, that's going to bubble fluid up, and that's the reason why I say surround your reservoir with rags. So now that you've done that, put the caliper back on and start pumping the brake lever slowly as you push the piston Mm -hmm. back out. When you do that, listen. Because if you pump, you pump. No noise. Pump. And then all of a sudden you pump the third time and it goes pop. Well, it's hanging up, and you need to replace the caliper. But if it doesn't, yeah, and it moves smoothly out and touches the pad, then it was probably uh-huh. just one of those, um, you know, some one of those th- that you misbehaved, and the Lord said, "I'm going to hang up your caliper." Well, it's an '82 bike, so it probably had been serviced. The second one is this, real quick. So, is there a noise law in Phoenix for exhaust for car exhaust? Or is it just in Cave Creek? Because I see that sign only when I enter Cave Creek, like motorcycle decibel. Well, I'm a former law enforcement guy, plus I'm a mechanical expert. And, 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 and I think the hard part, if I was talking to the police departments, was is what kind of meter do you have and how far away are you from the noise? <laughs> and then, yeah, I mean, I, I, I got passed by a Mustang that sounded like it was at the drag strip. And well, it, was doing, it was going through the gears. All right, but let me answer your first question. I agree with that. I'm agreed there's lots of loud ones out there, but there is a complete process. In order to be fair, you have to be so many feet away or you have to be this way far away and they have to be going this speed because some cars are going to make more noise when they're accelerating from 40 to 50 than they are from 20 to 30. So you have all of that. I see that in Cave Creek too and I smile when I see it because I don't ever see anything out there and it would be such a tremendous waste of talent to have somebody out there with a sound gun because some lawyer is going to eat that cop's lunch when they start talking about DBs and what's a normal car and what's a normal motorcycle and all that other kind of stuff. This is a whole big can of worms but if the sign works then Mark Salem is fine with it. So good luck to you Henry. All right, thank you very much. Sam you're up next. How can I help you? Hi, um, I got a question about the front axles or CV boots. It's a 2006 Altima with a four-cylinder, okay. and the boots on the inner passenger and uh, uh, driver side are are gone. I mean, they're they're open. You can see inside there, so the grease has come out. I'm just wondering, is it? Uh, okay to just replace the boots or should I do the axles as well? It depends on when you take it apart and if you pull the axle out of it, then you're going to cut the old boot off in the two bands and then you're going to wash it and clean it up with solvent. Then you're going to look inside. And if the ball and socket is nice and clean and we haven't had a bunch of dirt in there that would act like a sandblast machine, then a lot of guys will put them back together. My shop, we're not going to put it back together because if I make the wrong call, I have to do it again on my dime. So I'm going to say, if you got a torn boot and I find any kind of dirt inside that boot at all, then I want to put a rebuilt axle on it, the whole thing, and and okay, that's well, your cheapest bet. It would, yeah, it would seem like it's a no-brainer just to replace both axles with the boots and the grease and everything complete. Absolutely, absolutely, okay. absolutely. And. The other question is, if I do this myself, working in the driveway with the car jacked up, you know, 8 or 10 inches so I can get under it, is that something feasible to do? 
more than likely you're going to call me next week and ask me how to get out of the mess you're in. <laughs> and, well, and, and your wife called first. I'm just telling you that. Your wife called first. Um, and here's the deal. You're going to mess up all the alignments when you start taking those spindles apart. So you have to have it aligned anyway. And so it, it, as you go through all of this, not always you have to align. It just depends on which which way we get the axle out. But you have to bust the lower ball joint loose off to take it off the end of the axle, and then you have to slide it out. This is a big job. On a 1 to 10 scale, this is an 8. And the chances okay. of a novice causing big-time problems with a hammer are are more than 50%. Okay, because so, I've, seen, I've seen some of the YouTube videos where you, you just release that one knuckle and then you, you turn the, you know, the, the steering to the left if you're taking the left one out or, and you pull it out with that knuckle release so you can get that axle out. But okay, that's well, the you only thing taken off. You got to release the axle. You got to release the knuckle. Then you got to put it back together, and you and you'll probably use a pickle fork to release the knuckle. And do you have a pickle right. fork? That means you'll go rent one. And then when you do it, if you don't do it right, the pickle fork's going to damage the the uh, boot on the bottom ball joint. Now you're going to have to take this the arm off and take it down to a machine shop and have them press out the old one and push in a new one. But at my shop, we have a tool that does it right there on the car. This is, uh, again, this is an eight on a ten scale. And yeah, chances, I, and 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 so, Mark, do you see people have these towed in a lot like this? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, they they try to work on it and can't do it and have to have it towed in and fixed. I'll give you a really bad example. We had a guy that put one axle on. Then he said, "Ah, oh, it's easy. I'll do another." So he has this bad vibration. Nobody can fix it. So he ends up in our door. We say, "We'll look at it." So we look at it and we tell him, "There's we don't know." We don't know. We know you have a vibration. We know there's a problem, but we don't know. So he says, what would you do? And I said, what I'd do is I'd order a matched set of axles, and I'd put both of them in. If the vibration goes away, then one of the two we took out are not right. So what are you going to do then? Well, hell, you're going to leave the two in there that I put in that fixed the problem. So oh, yeah. If you, yeah. And, and and that was a worst case scenario that and he laughed and we under, but then when we took the, and we did an autopsy on one of the axles what happened is is he didn't get, we compared the two axles we ordered with the two axles we took out and there was a physical difference in one of them both in length and in and diameter and all that kind of stuff so what happened is is somewhere along the line somebody looked up the wrong number so we said to him one axle was different from the other um, and we fixed the vibration what do you want what do you want us to do Okay, and, the, the axles. I know the length really matters. Like the, the left, if the left is twenty nine and three quarters, the, the the new one has to be close to that. Within how much? Twenty nine no, and three quarters. It, no, it has to be close to that. But you have to collapse the two of them, and then you have to count the splines, and you have to count the depth of the splines. So it's the overall length, the overall com compressed. Then you have to look at the splines on both ends, and you have to look at the races. They have to physically look the same as the axle that you've got in your hand. Right. Okay. So if you're going to take out, do the drivers first, take the driver's axle out, take it down, and make sure that you push down, you set it on its nose, and you push down on it, and you take the overall length then. It's a collapsed length. length. Okay. And then make sure that you set them side by side, and they're exactly the same. And if they're not exactly the same, 
um, he's either going to say, well, this is the one it calls for, or he's going to say, no, this is the only one that you can have. That's the only thing my book does, and then you're going to have to make a decision on what you're going to do. i got to run, Sam. And, and Brad, you stay right there, because on the other side of this break, I'm going to get you. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. You're bringing your daughter to her favorite pop star's concert. Do you A, wear earplugs? Isn't this fun, Dad? I have a soft pretzel. B, remember the moment with matching concert t-shirts. That's going to be 180 bucks. Or we can just take a photo. C, show her how you used to do concerts. We're going crowd surfing. I can't. It's too heavy. Oh, my God. Or D, just roll with it. Woo, Justin! Look at us, we're over here! Justin, Justin! OMG! He just looked... I love you, Justin! I love you! When it comes to parenting, there are no perfect answers. But that's okay, because you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit adoptuskids.org slash az. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. 45 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. Um, let's, I'm, I promised Brad we're going to go. And Sam, there was just one other thing. I would do one axle at a time um, for this reason. If everything's fine and there's no clicking, no vibrations and everything, then you know that axle's the right one and it's okay. If you do both of them at the same time and you end up with a clicking noise or a vibration, you're not sure which one of them it is. So just maybe take my advice and do them one at a time. Brad, thank you for holding. How can I help you? You bet. Great. So, um, say I have a 2019 Ram 2500 6.7 liter turbo diesel. Um, I heard you on previous episodes talking about a lighter weight oil that you uh, get better gas mileage with. What would you recommend in that? Uh, what What does yours What does your manual say on your 19? I think it's a zero twenty, isn't it? Well, no, actually, I think it's a ten thirty. Okay. I think that might be one of the optional oils, but I'm using a zero twenty synthetic in my diesel. Oh, you are okay. Yeah, and, and uh, so it, it doesn't matter if towing or not. No, I'm I'm hauling horse trailers with one to four horses, and I'm I'm hauling heavy trailers with a bobcat in them as I bring them down to the valley for service, and um, and yeah, I I'm I'm using mine. Mine just rolled over 140,000 miles. It's a twelve. So that's, I mean, that's not a whole lot of mileage for a 12, but mine's like yours, except mine's a 3,500 instead of a 2,500. Every once in a while, I'll run an oil um, test on the oil we drain, 
and send it to the lab and I'm looking for growth of aluminum or pot or just growth of water, growth of fuel. I mean, I'm looking at the oil to give me something and all my oil analysis are fine. But I like the zero twenty because, first of all, I can go to 10,000 mile on my oil changes. Second of all, right. I, I know that um, in cold weather, because like up here where we're at, outside of Payson, it's not uncommon to be in the 20s in the mornings. And when I go out to feed the fish in the, in the horse's water tank, I have to break the ice. <laughs> and so yeah. I like the idea of that zero weight. You know, it flows like a zero when it's cold. Now, the flip side is is it flows like a 20 weight when it's hot. But that's okay because I know this synthetic offers tremendous protection. And so, and then my oil analysis is saying everything is fine. So I'm I'm pretty happy with with what 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 I've been doing, but um you 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 could go with a what what was the weight that the manual called for a ten thirty. I believe so. Yes. Okay, um and and I could, you know, I'd have to ask my son. He does the oil changes on it. I I thought I was in a zero twenty, but they make a ten thirty conventional. They make a ten thirty semi synthetic, and I think now they make a ten thirty sin, the synthetic oil. Each one of them has a different range of of use. The conventional oil is three to five thousand miles. It's you need to change it. The other one is seventy five hundred to about ten thousand miles, which is the semi synthetic. Then the synthetic goes from ten on, and that's kind of how right. it is. So you you might ask your shop, but the owner's manual is going to be your bible. Whatever it says, that's what's best for your motor. It, they're going to give you a weight. They're not going to give you a brand. So you you can right. pick then. Does that do it? That does it. I appreciate okay. it. Okay, Rick. Thank you very much for holding as long as you did. Anyway, it your owner's manual is the Bible for your car, and I I object to to even my own staff arguing with the manual. Every once in a while, you'll run across something that will conflict with common sense. They might want to you to. Um, uh, I'm I'm looking for something silly, stupid. They might want you to back flush the refrigerant in your air conditioning system, and we all know that that's just stupid, and that's that's an expensive piece of equipment that, that we can sell you a whole lot of work. And so, and and then the question is, is how many cars do you repair that w- the repair would not have happened had we not waved this magic wand over your air conditioning system? And the answer is zero. Okay, we have another caller. Say hello to Richard. Richard, good morning. Good morning, Mark. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for asking. Thank you. You've helped me before with my 2007 Toyota Camry. Now we have a 2005 Chevy Cobalt. Okay. Four-door. And uh, it doesn't run. And I'm looking for a garage or something we can tow it to that you feel safe with. I'm in Fountain Hills. Okay. Uh, Here's what I want to know, though. Um, Doesn't run means so many different things. Let's narrow it down. Does it crank over? No. Right now it's been sitting there probably for about three months. Not Nobody even tried. So okay. the battery, I'm sure, is dead. Okay. Uh, when it, it was cranking, but it wouldn't start. Okay. okay. And then it just died. Okay. All right. So it's a crank, but no starts. See, that, that makes a difference for this reason. When, it's, when they say, my car doesn't start, do I start with a battery alternator regulator and do a, some ground fault testing? Which could cost right. sixty bucks. Wait a minute. Oh, he said it cranks over, so all of that is unnecessary. So when we crank, all we need is spark and fuel. So let me check fuel pressure and let me check spark. 
You see? So wow. the closer we get to the conversation, then the cheaper it is for the customer. So in your case, the last time I tried, it would crank over fine, but it wouldn't catch. Correct. That's, that's, and, and if you use that. Now, the other, I'm going to give you something to try. It works maybe 20% of the time. Crawl underneath there and kick the bottom of the fuel tank as hard as you can three or four times. Wow. Just or use a hammer, use a rubber mallet, and just bonk it really good, okay? Now, before you do that, step number one is turn the key on. Or have your wife sit in the car. Make sure that she's got the parking brake on, and make sure you didn't make her mad that morning, okay? So <laughs> you're going to get underneath there, and you're going to say, okay, honey, turn it on, keep to the key on, but not to the crank. Just turn the key on where the radio comes on, okay? And at this point, you listen it back at the gas tank, and you don't hear anything. So you take that rubber mallet and you beat on the gas tank two or three times, and then all of a sudden you hear this, and then it'll go off. And you go, honey, see if it'll start, and make sure the tailpipe isn't at your face. And she starts up, and and you go, okay, good. Well, the fuel pump is bad, and you beat on the tank, and it's an electric motor. And so you jarred it enough to get it to work. And and. And so if you wanted to do that, there's there's some risk here. First of all, if you made her mad that morning because you told her that you thought she was gaining some weight, she's probably going to back over you. And, 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 and all those I don't think <laughs> I'm just using it as a, as a humorous example. I know. But, um, but it, you know, that's that's kind of what I would do because we need spark and fuel and the the most likely reason on your cobalt that you're, you're cranking over and the speed of the crank is fine is fuel. I'm sorry. Is she trying to is, – has she been drinking already this morning? Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm just teasing you. All righty, Richard. Well, good luck to you, buddy. Before, before you go, if – is there a garage I could go to to get some of this stuff done? Tell me what part of town you're in. Fountain Hills. Um, now you got to come south. Um, I, I don't have anybody in Fountain Hills. I'd love to give you, but I got Action Auto at Deer Valley and I-17, and I got Kurtz at Bell and I-17. And both of those guys would have no problems with this, but I I'm, I apologize. That, that's I, okay. What were, what were those two? I didn't get them. I'm sorry. Oh, Kurtz, Autom- Kurtz Automotive? or um, Action Automotive. And Kurtz is on Bell I-17, and Action is on Deer Valley and I-17. Trying to figure out which one would be... Oh, probably Kurtz would be. On Bell, yeah. Now, um, Fountain Hills, isn't that straight out on, on Pima Road? Yeah. Okay. And I don't have anybody in North Scottsdale um, that... That um, that I can give you. I don't have anybody up now. Fortieth and Greenway. Are you close to Fortieth and Greenway? Not not really. Okay, because Fortieth uh, and Greenway is Blackwell's. Now Pima, which is north into Fountain Hills, I think is is basically Eighty um, Eighth Street. So yeah, um, Eighty Ninth. Uh, you said Fortieth Greenway. What was the name of the place? Uh, Blackwell Automotive. Blackwell. Tom Blackwell. He's a good guy. He he wouldn't have any problem fixing your car. On a one to ten scale, this is a three. 
for a senior gray-haired guy with a little bit of gray hair out of his nose or his ears or something like that? Well, Somebody that sounds good. I like an old man. I'm an old man. And that, that's why I'm describing it. Is usually the older guy's been there, done that. So I can't tell you how many people have called me back and told me that they beat on the bottom of the tank, they heard the bzzz, the fuel pump come alive, and, then, and, and I say to them, the fuel pump may have a relay. You want to change the relay first. And then, then that may be, but most of the time it, it's the pump. So those I are wouldn't just, know how to do any of that stuff to okay. tell you the truth, Mark. All right. Well, the relay plugs into the fuse box. That's easy. It says fuel pump right on it. You just pull it out, go okay. to the auto parts store and say, give me another one. Now, you could do that, and that's pretty doggone cheap. You could do that yourself. Pull the cover off the fuse panel, look underneath the cover, and it gives you a matrix of what everything is. And if it says fuel pump relay is number six, you look down, pull out number six, take it to the auto parts store, plug a new one in, see if it'll start and run. Do you, do you have anybody in Tempe? Um, yeah. Um, me, Warner, and I-10. Uh, Where? Hey, give me another Tempe. Give me another area of Tempe. Uh, close to like, uh, what am I thinking of? Uh, 87 turns into... Uh, Country Club. Country Club, right. Yeah. Right around Country Club. Yeah, okay. now that that's kind of Mesa Thompson's. Thompson's is is over at uh, at uh, uh, Main Street and Stapley. That's kind of in the heart of Mesa, but it's just right off of uh, Stapley. Is east. I don't know what two or three miles from Country Club, four miles from Country Club. So, and you, you yeah, yeah. You give them a call; they'll be good to you. Okay, thank you very much, Richard. It makes a big difference on on um, ladies. I'm speaking to the ladies now. You want to try to avoid having your husband tell you to tell the shop how to fix your car. <laughs> Most of us are well-versed in those kinds of, you know, dances. So it's kind of like, okay, what would your husband say? And then we write it all down diligently. But then we ask questions, who's the main driver? And we hope that the woman in front of us is the main driver. And she says, well, I am. And I say, well, can we ask you a couple questions? Does it do it hot or cold, left or right, fast or slow? When does it, how long is it okay? Oh, it's okay for a week. And then what happens? And then it happens three or four times. And what do you do to fix it? Nothing. I just, it, I go out and I hit the key and it doesn't start. And I, I know it won't start. And so I go from there. That That's the kind of conversation we want to have. We don't want um, the uh, Google world to tell you how to fix your car because they're no better than I am without fuel pressure readings and without checking the relay for the fuel pump and for out, without making making sure that the tank has gas in it. I can't tell you how many times a year a car gets towed in where it cranks and won't start and it's out of gas. And so you put five gallons in and boom, you got fuel pressure, it starts and runs, you look at the gauge, you don't know what happened. Hey, does the gauge is the gate been reliable? Yes, it has. Well, it wasn't this time because I did see it at the empty side. But as soon as I added gas, it popped up to quarter tank, and the car starts. So you know, those are the kinds of dilemmas that we have, not on a regular basis, but often enough. So if you want to go to my website, MarkSalem.com, you can, and all the good shops are listed there. And there's a lot of information in the FAQ section. And there's also my email address there. If you have a question, I'd be happy to entertain it. Then you just send it to me. If you would please give me a phone number, I call you back. I will call you back from a blocked number for obvious reasons. But I'll usually do it right after you give me the email. 
So, uh, and then I say, this is Mark Salem, don't hang up, and, and usually they don't. So I'll see you next Saturday right here on 960 KKNT. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.